0: we are in part three of our series this morning called Making Decisions. And I really believe that if you've been paying attention to this series so far, one of the key takeaways that you should have gotten by now is this idea. That when we really start to think about it, if we choose today to make some small changes, some small decisions in our lives, it can have a big impact on who we will be and who we will become for the rest of this year. And reflecting back on 2020, I think a lot of us, maybe we compared ourselves a little bit too much to other people. Maybe we saw the other people and what they were accomplishing, what they have, what they were able to get that maybe we couldn't accomplish, that we didn't have, that we weren't getting. And we became filled with jealousy, maybe a little bit of envy, maybe a little bit of hatred in there because we're thinking, man, why don't I have that? What are they doing that I'm not doing? And this comparison just left us feeling empty in a year that was already marked by sadness. But we're missing a really important principle, a very important point that I think all of us really need to grab a hold of this morning. And it's this it's not always the big things that we see in people's lives, oftentimes, it's the small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone wants. Let me say it again because that's so profound. It's oftentimes the small things that nobody sees you doing that result in the big things that everybody wants. When you see someone and what they have, what they've accomplished, it's not something that just happened overnight. It's a series of small steps. So there'd be devotion, dedication, loyalty, practice, endurance, you know, all of these things that led them to that spot. And so when we see people and the things that they're doing, and we look at that and say, man, why don't I get that? Why don't I have that? It was a bunch of small decisions that led there. Small decisions in their thoughts, in their actions, in their habits, and in their words. And that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. And we're talking about part three of this series. It's the power of our words. How we can choose today to make a difference, to make a small change with the words that we say to better who we will become this next year. You know, in the year BC, which now stands for before COVID, um, in the year BC, I lived a very typical lifestyle, probably like most of you did. I was living in a suburban neighborhood in your Belinda, about five miles away from my local coffee shop, where I could enjoy the simple pleasures of life. I could go any that I wanted and go and order a medium-sized latte with maybe a splash of almond milk and watch as my hipster barista crafted this delicate artwork in foam on top of my latte, right? And I would be able to thank her for it, then go and sit down and sink into one of the couches that was lying around and turn on my laptop, listen to some Spotify, maybe read my Bible or or do a little bit of a Bible study. It was a simple pleasure that I really got to enjoy, something that just filled me up. And I wanted to look for more of those in my life. And so as a family, our little family of three, we decided we want to enjoy the simple pleasures of life together. So we made it a priority that every Sunday after church, we would do church together and then we would go out to lunch as a family together. We didn't want to work. We didn't want to do anything else after church. We just wanted to spend time as a family. And so because Tiffany has celiacs and she's gluten intolerant, we would have to go and find these gluten-free restaurants, which was a nightmare in and of itself and very difficult. But we would find these amazing places and enjoy some really great gluten-free food. Actually, that's a lie. <laughs> Tiffany would try to enjoy the gluten-free food. I would try to find whatever had the most gluten-like substance on the menu and order that in massive quantities. Because in the paraphrased words of Pastor Carlos, I don't know what gluten is, but it's the stuff that makes things delicious, right? Right. So that's our lifestyle. We were enjoying these simple pleasures of life, but soon those started to get removed. One after another, we started seeing these things pulled away as restaurants were closing down, coffee shops were closing, there was no in-person seating, everything was to go, and I felt myself just kind of getting upset. And then in the year AD, which is after darkness, everything took a turn. Nothing was open. We were home in isolation. We were self-quarantined. And there were just so many things that were going on inside of me. And my thoughts and my actions, feeling angry with what was happening in the world around us. And pretty soon, those thoughts and those actions started to bubble over and start to come out of my mouth. And I was very surprised the things that I heard myself beginning to say that I never thought that I would have ever said in my lifetime. In 2020, if I really look at it, some of the words that came out of my mouth were things like, you know what, 2020 is just hell. I never would have said that. As a pastor, that's just not something that's in my vocabulary, but it came off my tongue like butter, almost as easy as, I smell poop, Tiffany, it's your turn to change the diaper, right? It just was a natural part that came out. And in a year that was already marked by chaos and confusion, I was making it worse by having this mentality towards the year. It's just hell. And it affected how I treated people. It affected how I treated my environment, how I treated the world around me. I became snippy with people and there was so much that was just boiling up inside of me. I noticed more and more words started coming out of my mouth and I started to look negatively at people. And so I would look at Tiffany and say, you know what? Let's not go out today because there's too many people out. Those words haunt and echo my soul because I'm a people person. I love being around people. I love hosting parties and having fellowship with one another. And in a year where there's quarantines and self-isolations and safer at home orders with three human beings, two cats in a one-bed, one-bath, 900-square-foot apartment where you're both trying to work from home, you question everything of life, right? I wanted to get out. I wanted to have the opportunity just to enjoy the surroundings, to enjoy the world around us, to enjoy fellowship with people. But I couldn't. It was all being taken away from me. And then the year got worse and things started progressing. And I noticed as I was having conversations with people, there were more things that came out just kind of like rapid fire from my mouth. Things I never thought that I would say. Things like the five second rule doesn't apply anymore, (laughs) right? Or things like, no, it's probably best you don't hug grandma right now. Or no, COVID is not worse than getting eaten alive by a shark. That's a very interesting conversation. That's another story for a different time, right? Or things like, what day is it? (laughs) Because everything just kind of blurs together. Or one that Tiffany probably heard me say a couple times was, hey, look at that. My screen time's only 10 hours today. That's 2% less than yesterday. (laughs) Some of you are nodding your head because you agree with that, right? Or my favorite is, you know what? I miss the good old days when I could actually blow out the candles on my birthday cake. See, the simple pleasures of life. As I look back on everything that happened to me in 2020, I realized there were more negative words that came out of my mouth than there were positive words. And it was fueled by every time that I would sit and I would look at Facebook on my phone and read stories from friends and family of how they were processing what was going on, the things that they were enduring and they were experiencing and reading some of their rants and very fueled comments and posts that they had, there was a part of me that so wanted to respond back to intervene and give a little quip or a little harsh reality check, or maybe drop a little piece of scripture to say, you know what? You you need to slow down a little bit, but I didn't. I chose not to, even though the temptation was great to fight fire with fire, opinion with opinion, theory with theory. I knew that I couldn't not only just because I'm a pastor, but more importantly, because I'm a Christian and people know that I'm a Christian and what I say doesn't just reflect me. It reflects Christ. And I had to understand right then and there that my words carry weight. We are living in a world right now that is on edge. And our world is looking at Christians, looking at all of us in this room and all of us online as influencers, as people who help give them decisions and guidance and discernment on what to do, how to think, what to say. And we have to realize that if we really want to see a change in our world, we want to see a change in our lives this year, it starts by recognizing that our words carry weight, that our words have power. They can be life-giving or they can be life-taking words. Solomon actually wrote this in Proverbs 18. Look what he says. He says, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. If you were unhappy with who you were this last year, that doesn't have to be the same you that goes into this year. You can choose today to recognize, man, the words that I speak, they carry weight. They influence people. They can either build someone up or they can tear someone down. They are life-giving or life-taking words. And I realize this because when I look back at 2020, I realized I spoke more life-taking words probably. And it changed the way that I interacted with people and my situation, and my circumstance, and the way that I viewed the world. And I don't want that to be the me that goes into this year. Not at all. In fact, there's a guy in the Bible in the New Testament by the name of James who wrote about the power of our words. If you don't know anything about James, as most scholars and theologians believe he's the half-brother of Jesus. And more importantly, they think that he is one of the greatest evidences and sources we have of the authority of who Jesus Christ is. And when we think about that, it's like, wait a second, why would that be? we've got the gospels. We've got all these other writers, these firsthand eyewitness accounts. Why would James be any different than anybody else? Well, think about this. If you have a brother or if you had a brother, what would your brother have to do to convince you that they were the son of God, that they were the Messiah, the personal Lord and savior? There'd be a lot, wouldn't there? It would take a lot to convince you, but the fact that James writes and says, Jesus, the father, Jesus, the savior, the Messiah, that's pretty good evidence for us. But look what James has to say in chapter three, verses three through five. It says, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. A small rudder makes a huge ship turn whenever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. In other words, a well-crafted speech can rally people together to do amazing things in our community, or it can incite them to insurrection. A well-crafted word can empower, encourage, and lift people up, or it could tear people down and send them into chaos. I don't think I have to elaborate on this because we've seen this played out in our lives this past week with what happened in the Capitol, what's happening in the news around us. And I don't like watching the news, but there was just something about what happened this week that just made this message this morning so much more powerful for me. Because our words carry weight. Our words have the power to give life or to take life. And it's not just the words that we speak. It's also what we post. It's what we vlog, what we TikTok, what we, whatever we do, whatever method that you're using these words, our words carry weight. We actually learned this firsthand as a church back in 2016. There were some pretty interesting, divisive, issues in our community and our world back in 2016. And so we wanted to really help and outreach to the community by having a guest speaker come in and help us understand some of these issues, just to give us a, a broad viewpoint of what was going on. And we weren't trying to make a stance one way or the other. We just wanted the people in our community to have a resource and to be in the know and we wanted to create this free event. We were so excited about it, very encouraged, this great opportunity. So we put a banner on our marquee and our banner simply said this, an exclusive dialogue with world famous ethicist, Dr. Scott Ray, moral choices involving homosexuality, abortion, suicide, capital punishment. Those were the topics that he was gonna talk about. A very simple banner with all the best of intentions. We just wanted people to know, we had a guest speaker coming in who was gonna talk about these things and it was a free event for our community. Someone drove by and saw this banner and misinterpreted it. Went home, got on Your Belinda Buzz and started typing up saying, how dare the church support this? How dare the church believe this? Why are they rallying behind these things? And that wasn't the case at all. And it just caught like wildfire. One person's words sent the community online into chaos. So much so that there was a post even on there, if I remember right, about people coming and protesting at the event. See, our words carry weight. To give you a little bit of helpful insight to this, we had some of those same people come and attend the event and later posted, man, it wasn't anything like I thought it was going to be. It was so much better. We see the point is still the same. Our words carry weight. Whether we speak them, whether we write them, whether we post them, whatever it may be, we have the power to either give life or to take life with the words that we speak. So simply this morning, all I want to do is to really help us understand this. You know, Solomon often contrasted these two opinions, these two theories about our words. Look what he says in Proverbs 12. He says, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. I don't know about how many of you, but sometimes somebody can come and say the right word at just the right moment, and it encourages you. It fills you up. It changes your life and empowers you to go and do amazing things. But the same thing is also true a little bit later in Proverbs 15. He writes, the soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. I don't know how many of you are out there, but maybe you can agree that sometimes somewhere in your life, somebody said something that crushed your spirit. Maybe you decided to get a haircut for the first time since quarantine. and You come home and your spouse looks at you and says, did you intend to do that with your hair? (laughs) Like I paid a lot of money for this and I just got it done. Or you're in a Zoom chat with family members and you hear the phrase over and over, you really should be married and have kids by now. And you're like, mom, please stop nagging me. I understand, right? Or maybe it cuts a little bit deeper. You come home and find your spouse with bags saying, you know what? I don't love you anymore. I never loved you to begin with. I found someone else that's better and so I'm leaving. See, our words have the power to kill. Our words have the power to hurt. Our words can cut us down Like a sword and it crushes the spirit. The words that we choose to speak can either be life-giving or they can be life-taking. So simply what I want to do this morning is really to take an audit of our words, to reflect upon what we said, who we were this past year, so we don't be that same person going into this year. And it starts by asking ourselves a very simple question. The question is this, are we speaking more life-giving or more life-taking words to other people? And your daily conversations with people, are you speaking more life-giving or more life-taking words to them? But not only that, but let's also apply it to ourselves. This past year, did we speak more life-giving or more life-taking words to ourselves as well? But let's start with other people. I'm going to put a graph up on your screens real quick. Between 1 and 10, and we're going to do a little mental exercise. It'll be real quick, I promise. 1 to 5 represent the negative side, the life-taking side of our words. 6 through 10 represent the positive, life-giving side, where 1 is, is I'm the worst, terrible human being. I had everything out of my mouth was negative. Versus 10 is, I really spoke blessings to other people, and I empowered them, and I lift them up. Everybody understand that scale? All right, good. So let's think about this. Reflecting upon the words that you spoke to other people last year. Were your words more life-giving or were they more life-taking? If they were life-taking, you would be somewhere between one to five. Were you just cut people down? You belittled them. You argued with them. You always posted back against them. You were very vocal, speaking out against things. If that's you, you're going to mentally circle something between one to five. But if you spore more life-giving words, like when you saw people and said, you know what? Thank you. Thank you for being essential. God bless you. I'm grateful that God has placed you in my life. You're going to mark something between six and ten. So you should only have one circled number right now. Everybody got that number? Good. Now let's do the same thing for ourselves. We're thinking about ourselves and the words we spoke to ourselves. Were we more life-giving or were we more life-taking? If you were life taking that one to five, you would have said things like, I'm pathetic. I'm a loser. I'm not essential. Why would they decide to keep me? I'm I'm no good. good. What's the point? You would be somewhere between one to five. But if you spoke more life giving words to yourself, you're going to be between six to 10. Things like, man, I am so proud of myself for standing for what I believe in. I'm thankful that God is working in my life. As God is for me, who can be against me? Where would you fall on the words that you spoke to yourselves? Now, just out of curiosity, real quick, how many of you feel that you spoke more life-giving words to other people than you did to yourselves this past year? I see a lot of heads up and a lot of hands raising. Yeah, yeah, it's the truth. But here's the point. If you didn't circle 10 on both of these lines, you're not alone. In fact, there's nobody in this room who probably circled 10. Nobody online who circled 10 on both these lines. And it's not a bad thing. It just means there's room for improvement. And it starts by recognizing our words carry weight. Our words have power behind them. And we have to choose very carefully what we say because we can either give life or we can take life with our words. And when it comes to speaking our words, there's really two rules I think that we need to apply to everything that comes out of our mouths. One of them is probably one you heard your entire life. The first rule, the greatest rule is this. If you can't say something nice, don't say it at all, right? Everybody's heard this growing up. If you can't say something nice, don't say it at all. And if that doesn't convict some of us in this room, we're not paying attention. Because I've seen some of our Facebook posts. (laughs) I've heard some of our conversations. And this should be a wake-up call for a lot of us. You know, Paul even writes and says, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, except that which is useful for the building up, the edifying, the encouraging of other people around you. If we only applied this one rule to our relationships, to our marriages, to our workplaces, to our friendships, how different would our life have been this last year? How many situations maybe could we have avoided or fights or arguments? If you can't say something nice, don't say it at all. Here's the second rule. Second rule is this. If you think something good, say it. If you're thinking about something good towards a person, tell them. Write it down, send them an email, send them the text, give them a call, direct message them, whatever it takes. Let them know the good things that you're thinking about, the good words that you want to speak into their lives. You know, Solomon writes in Proverbs 16, he says, Gracious words are like a honeycomb. They're sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. He doesn't say gracious thoughts are like honeycombs. No, he says gracious words. Because I can stand up here all day and say, I'm having gracious thoughts about you. And some of you are like, Matt, that's super creepy. Please stop, (laughs) right? It doesn't do anything for you. But if I have gracious words towards you and I speak those words into your lives, it can empower you and it can bless you. Why would you ever want to withhold a blessing from someone? To speak that word that maybe they desperately need to hear in order to move on, in order to move forward, in order to get through whatever situation they're dealing with right now. If you have something in your life that you're thinking about that's good towards someone, let them know. Tell them. But it doesn't just apply to other people. It also applies to ourselves. If we can't say something nice about ourselves, don't say it. If we think something good about ourselves, say it. Give ourselves a little bit of life-giving words. And maybe some of you are like, no, you know, that's not biblical because scripture says we shouldn't boast or have pride, right? But that's not what this is about. Not at all. This is about giving ourselves a little bit of affirmation, giving ourselves a little bit of life giving. And it is scriptural. We actually see David did it in scripture. David thought that he was going to be stoned. And look what he says in first Samuel. It says, And David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. But David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. See folks, every now and then we need to preach to ourselves. We need to speak those words of wisdom those life-giving words into our own lives to help us get out of the situations that we're in, to give us the strength and the encouragement in God to move forward. See, the main point, what I'm really trying to get at is this. If you want to see it become a reality in your life, say it. If you want to see it, say. And I know that sounds like a John Mayer song, but it's not, right? If you want to see it become a reality, speak it into existence. And I'm not saying you go home and be like, "I want a new SUV in my garage." In Jesus' name, I spoke it. Where is it? That's not what I'm talking about. It's when we choose to speak in line with who God is and who His character is. He begins to unveil and reveal these things to us. I mean, Scripture said that Jesus tells us, "If you see a mountain," and you say to it, move, and you have faith, what's going to happen? It's going to move. If you want to see it happen, speak it. Say it. Speak it into existence. And so I want to challenge you by giving you a task. And the task is this. As you go throughout this year, I want you to think about one statement. One statement that you can apply to anything that comes out of your mouth before you say it and see how it changes what you do and what you say. It's a very simple statement. And the statement is this, in whatever you speak, end it with the phrase, and that's the way I want it. End it with, and that's the way I want it. Here's the example. My marriage, this is metaphorical. My marriage is rough. We're fighting all the time. We're arguing all the time. And I think we're going to get a divorce. And that's the way I want it. See, when you say it, it becomes a reality. And you realize that's not what I want. I want to do whatever it takes to avoid getting to that spot. And so it gives you a roadmap of where to go on the same token. If you're thinking, man, I'm pathetic, (laughs) I'm a loser. I'm never going to amount to anything. No one would ever hire me. And that's the way I want it. No, you don't want that for yourself. But instead, if you speak with the integrity of who God is and add this phrase, man, it can change your life. Yeah, our marriage is rough right now. We're fighting all the time but if I surrender my ego and my pride and give it to God and choose to love her as Christ loved the church or submit to him as Christ would submit or have me submit, because that's the way I want it. You see what that does? It completely turns it around and it gives you this roadmap on what needs to be done to repair the situation you're in. Or, Hey, you know what? We're in debt. We're struggling financially to pay bills, but you know what? We're going to choose to faithfully give to God. Because we know scripture says that if we're faithful to God, he's faithful in return and he's going to help us get out of debt. And once we get to that point, we're going to give abundantly out of excess, out of the overflow to help ministries, to help other people, because that's the way I want it. You see what that does, folks? There's so much power that exists in this. The point is this, our thoughts become our words. Our words become our actions. Our actions become our habits. And guess what? Our habits they eventually will become who we are. Let me say that again, because it's so important. Our thoughts become our words. Our words become our actions. Our actions become our habits. The things that we do over and over and over again become who we will be this next year. This year. Who are you choosing to be? Someone who's always cutting people down, belittling them, yelling at them, arguing at them, fighting fire with fire for whatever they're posting, or someone who's speaking life-giving words? words of affirmation into their lives, encouraging people and building them up as God would have us do. You know, I tried to apply this to my own life this past week as I closed. This week I sat in my office on Wednesday and I had my TV on and I was watching the news Typically, I don't like to watch the news when I'm here at the office because I knew that news media outlets, they can always either be one side or they can omit information or try to present some false narrative. That's not what I'm trying to get at. But I watched it because I wanted to see what was unfolding. And as I sat there and I watched, my heart broke. My heart broke for humanity. There were no words that I had for what was happening. I was angry. I was frustrated. Part of me maybe have been a little bit of afraid and worried. And as I sat there and I was watching the events unfold, somewhere in my mind, I kept thinking, I really need to turn this off so I can get back to studying that I can get back into God's words. But I was just captivated by it. I was just focused on it. Because what I realized is that when I'm watching the media, when I'm watching the news or watching whatever's happening in our world, I get caught up in it and I can't turn my brain off. All the what-ifs start playing. All the different scenarios start playing out in my head. And it makes me lose focus so I wanted to apply this message to my life this week. And as I was watching the news, I paused and I said, okay, what is it that I really want from all this? And I realized, you know what? I can get caught up. I can get so go, go, go that I forget to take time to be in God's word to study. But that was just an excuse because I can stop any anytime that I want and focus on God. You know why? Because that's the way I want it. And so I started thinking, what is my statement going to be? What is it that I want to put forward? And so I started praying about it and I felt God just lay the word rest on my heart. And so my statement became, I'm going to do my best to enter God's rest because that's the way that I want it. And it's actually biblical. It comes from Hebrews chapter four. Hebrews 4.1 says this, therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. On Wednesday, I probably said that phrase 15 times in my office. I'm going to do my best to enter God's rest. Because as soon as I started doing that and taking the focus off of what was happening in the world around me, man, God began to fill me up. He began to let me see, you know what? When I'm resting in God, because let's be honest, as a parent of a toddler, I don't get rest at home. (laughs) But when I find moments to rest with God, whether it be coming into work an hour early just to pray and have quiet time or in the drive on the way to work or drive home from work, whatever it may be, when I'm rested in God, I feel energized. I feel equipped. And it starts to change how I think, the things that I say, the things that I do, and what I believe God can do through me. See, folks, don't miss the power of this. God wants to work through you to do a good things, but it starts with the words that we choose to say and recognizing that our words carry weight. They have power. Are we speaking more life-giving or more life-taking words to people? Are we speaking more life-giving or more life-taking words to ourselves? If we can't say something nice, don't say it at all. Paul, once again, says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, except that can be used to build other people up. If you think of something good, say it, tell them. If you want to see it, a reality in your life, speak it into existence because that's the way you want it. Folks, our world right now is on edge. We are living in a day, we are living in a society, we are living in a nation that is chaotic. And now more than ever, the words of Jesus should be speaking louder to us. The words that he says, I have called you, I have equipped you, I have empowered you to go and make more and better disciples. To use your words powerfully for the better. There are so many people that are hurting because we continually, for some reason, I can't understand seeking after man and man's power and man's authority. But God says, no, it's time we let that go and start truly following after God surrendering to God, giving our all to God. And it's our opportunity as Christians, as people in this room now more than ever, because the world is looking at us as Christians with a magnifying glass to see what we're going to do, what we're going to say. It's our opportunity to preach the word of God, to preach the life-giving power, the better way, the salvation, the everlasting life that only God can give because anything of this world is empty and vain and worthless. When we choose to focus on God and use our words in such a manner in line with who God is, man, He can change lives. He can save lives. But it starts with you. Are you going to speak more life giving words that direct people to God or more life taking words that keep people focused on man? The choice is yours. What decision will you make? Would you pray with me? Father, God, there's a lot that's going on around us right now. God, the temptation to speak out is great. There's so many thoughts, there's so many emotions, so many words that we're feeling on the inside. But God, I pray that you would just recenter us in you. God, that you would allow all of us To find that rest, Father, that we wouldn't miss it, that we would find that rest in you and allow ourselves to be used by you. Because once we focus on you, Father, you begin to fill our thoughts, which turn into our words, which turn into our actions and our habits and become who we are. God, we want nothing more than be used by you this year. God, we're tired of all this drama. We're tired of all the chaos. Father, and it's time for us just to refocus on who you are and what you're calling us to do. So, Father, I pray that you just fill us with your words. And, Father, before we speak anything, that we would just think about the consequences of our words. Father, I pray that your words become who we are this year. pray this in your name.